James here is encouraging us with a brief statement about prayer to begin with, that prayer is very effective. He uses five words to say, active prayers of the righteous accomplish much. He's raising an illustration to, to this uh, point about prayer through the prophet Elijah. And he doesn't speak of Elijah raising the widow's son or even the tremendous power of God on display on Mount Carmel. He raises the illustration of Elijah praying at the beginning of his ministry for the drought to come on Israel, God's discipline. And then after three and a half years, how God called Elijah to um, tell Ahab that the drought will, will feast and there'll be rain and how he prayed as well in response to that promise. And yet, as we think about Elijah, James anticipates us uh, weaseling our way out of um, learning from Elijah by saying we're not like him. And he says he's a man who is mortal just like us and experienced human struggles and weaknesses than we do. So let not that be an excuse that God loves to use mortal people with lots of weaknesses to come and pray and accomplish much through their praying. Prayer has tremendous power. Ian Bound said that prayer breaks all bars it dissolves all chains, it opens all prisons, and widens all straits by which God's saints have been held. As we look at the life of Elijah, we see some fruits of his, of his powerful praying. And I want to look at some of those fruits and then look at what lies beneath that, some deeper roots to his praying. We see the four roots, uh, sorry, four fruits here, faith, fervency, perseverance, and then a righteous life. First of all, faith. Elijah, he drew near to God because he believed that Yahweh, the true God, existed. He was the living God. And by faith, he prayed and influenced the weather patterns for a long period of time, three and a half years. He considered that God was faithful, who promised and at the end of the drought, you remember he said to, to Ahab that he heard the sound. He said, I hear the sound of the rain before there was a cloud in the sky. That was faith and the promise of God. And by faith, he crouched on the ground and pleaded for the rain to come until it did. May the Lord cultivate this fruit of faith in us. Secondly, you see the fruit of fervency. James tells us in and verse 17, that Elijah prayed fervently, that he prayed in his praying, that he came with a pressing need on his heart, that this was not just some, uh, but something pressing, there was a great need, there was a, a pouring out of his soul to the Lord, and may God continue to stir up this fervency within us, this fruit of fervency. He also was the fruit of perseverance. Uh, the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man, the word effective means it, it's a prayer that's working, it's acting, it's a prayer in operation. It hasn't come to a grinding halt. 
Elijah prayed this way. He continued as we are here in this in this meeting. We've pray, been praying day after day, and we're not stopping. God loves persevering prayer, and this is what Elijah showed us here in this in the second um, season of prayer and and bringing the end of the drought. He he says to his servant to go again and again. And what does his servant say when he comes back? There is nothing. There is nothing. Go again. There is nothing. Go again. He perseveres. And certainly we all have felt those words of Elijah's servants in our lives, in our prayers. There is nothing comes back at us after we've prayed and we've prayed and we, we do not see any result. But then we remember our Lord's admonition. Keep on asking. Keep on seeking. Keep on knocking. And we remember that Jesus taught us that he loves us to come and knock and keep on coming again and again with persevering prayer. And things happen in our lives that we don't even understand. Very, very good things when we persevere in prayer. May he cultivate this fruit in us. Then we see, fourthly, a righteous life. This doesn't mean that uh, the righteous man accomplishes much, referring to someone who's reached sinless perfection or that's almost reached sinless perfection. It means someone who does what is right in the eyes of God. In the context in James chapter 5, verse 6, the righteous man is referred to as one who who does what is right even when they're oppressed and persecuted and they do not retaliate against powerful people that are oppressing them. The prayer of a righteous person excludes some people. It excludes those that James mentions in chapter 4 who ask and do not receive because they ask wrongly. They ask with wrong motives to feed their own passions. They use prayer to win their arguments and fighting with others. And they're people who are proud. And, and James says, God will not give any grace to those people. He only gives grace to the humble. Yet the righteous, on the other hand, are like that humble person who receives God's grace, who come confessing their sins to God and confessing their sins to one another. And they're people that look outward at others and say, there's people suffering around me. I I want to pray for healing in their lives. I want to pray for people who are following down sin's pathway that's leading their souls to death, as James just ends in the next verses at the end of five. Those righteous people are concerned about others and longing to see God rescue them. And that's, that's what Elijah, we see in Elijah's life as well. He was this man who was concerned for the glory of God and the restoration of his people, Israel. Here are these fruits here, but you look at beneath the soil of, of the tree here, there's, there's these roots that these fruits are growing from. And first of all, we know with Elijah, you see a zeal for the glory of God. It's been said of Elijah that his blood ran liquid fire and his indignation burst all bounds because he was very jealous for the Lord of hosts. And he was just a mere shadow of our Lord Jesus, 
who cleansed the temple, who cracked the whip because he was consumed with zeal for his father's house. This root of zeal for the glory of God is what moved Elisha's prayers in the, in the way of, of fervency, of faith, of perseverance. And we also see the root of the word of God in Elisha's life. He knew that God's history with Israel was one of, of discipline when those Israel wandered away from, from the Lord. He knew that God's method was to bring people to recognize their need. And one of those was withholding rain as it was given by Moses in Deuteronomy 11, that if they turned to idols, that God would withhold the rain and that the people would perish so that they would realize that they are in the wrong. And so Elijah prays in line with God's word, in line with God's will that's already been revealed in the Pentateuch, hoping that this season of drought for three and a half years would bring that desired effect of bringing, turning the hearts of Israel back to God. He's praying in line with God's word and what an example it is for us to take up a promise to take the word of God and pray accordingly. And then last we see the root of a consecrated life. Elijah lived in the presence of God. We can see this in the very first verse of, of a description of Elijah as he goes to meet Ahab and tell him about the drought. You can see that he lived a consecrated life in the presence of God and that his relationship with God was a wellspring of his life and ministry. In 1 Kings 17, 1, it tells us as Moses, as uh, Elijah comes to Ahab, he says, As the Lord God of Israel lives, before whom I stand, there shall not be leaders. This, this phrase has just been an encouragement to me in, this week and in so many ways. They speak of the Lord as the God of Israel, as the God who is living in a time when everyone had forsaken God. He believed God was still the living God. Yahweh, the God of Israel, was alive, and he was standing before this God, Yahweh. What does he mean by that? Well, this is a phrase that's used for servants and kings, a, a phrase that's used for servants that are on standby. They're always there around their king, ready to do whatever the king asks them to do. As the angels have said, even Gabriel before uh, Zacharias says, I stand before the presence of God. Here's a, a picture of servants that are ready and eager to comply with any request of their king. Elijah was such a one. He was consecrated to God and he sought to be near to God, not to be far away, ready at any call to follow whatever God told him to do. In a way, he kept his shoes on so he would be always ready to attend to the request of his king, ready to go anywhere, ready to go to anyone and to speak any message that God told him to. And I think it's likely that Elijah knew about the prophecy that had been given just 20 years before he came on the scene in his public ministry. The prophecy to Asa that revealed the person that God was looking to channel his power through. And I'll end with this verse from First Chronicles 16. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth 
to show himself strong on behalf of those heart whose heart is loyal to him, whose heart is, the word is wholly devoted to him. God is looking for people with whole hearts to him. And Elijah took up this, this calling that God gave him to be wholehearted to God. And so God chose to channel his grace and his power through Elijah to bring about his purposes in the people of Israel. And praise of that same living God today who is showing himself strong toward us using mere mortals like us to accomplish great things for his honor through our praying. And I hope that he will do that even today as we pray.